So I got me chips. Mm-hmm. And your um, curry sauce. I'm surprised you can get that here. I thought it was like a northern thing. Is that what you thought? thought I thought so, yeah. uh, gravy was like a northern thing. Maybe it's just... It's just taken over the country now. I think it has. Good chips, though. Buy mm, the bills. They do the best chips. Mm. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, yeah, Take Me Out was no more, which I'm shocked. Take Me Out was no more? Yeah. That is a show. When it first came out, I was like, this is definitely going to be the worst show ever made. And then I watched years' worth of it. Did you? <laughs> Are you a big Take Me Out fan? I think I am. Yeah. Is it Paddy McGuinness that you love? Or? He's a big part of it, but it's also just the joy of it entirely I, I don't know it's it's like a slice of life I know I will never be a part of and it's <laughs> like but they're having such a good time and it's like a fly on the wall you know oh okay and yeah, it, yeah. I also like how it's not I, rem- I remember when it first came out thinking that's going to be awful and it's also going to be like you know sort of like unethical as well. <laughs> like they're just going to be absolutely judging people right. but actually it's not really like that because they sort of judge the girls as well for being judgy and I don't know, they're kind of given the benefit of the doubt. And usually the things which I, I remember when I first watched it and one of the first episodes, there was a guy who came down with a Mohican and an entirely white suit and, uh, <laughs> and they were like, oh, okay. And then he started speaking in a really thick Scottish accent and they basically all turned their lights off. And I was like, oh, wow, that's really bad. <laughs> but then it's not much stuff like that actually. But- the thing with that is, sorry, I'm eating chips. Mm. The thing with that is, uh, did they turn off their lights because he was Scottish, because he wore a white suit, or because he had a Mohican? Uh, kind of all three, but I think yeah. there was definitely a reaction to the accent. I don't know, maybe I'm remembering it wrong. But, but you know, the hours and hours and hours I've watched since then, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. They, uh, they all seem basically like the same person. Mm. So I, I once recognised a girl on take me out mm-hmm. yeah there was this girl um uh not sure if this will ever get back to her i hope <laughs> i hope it doesn't um so there's this girl i knew um who was a twin and she was a friend of an ex-girlfriend uh <clears throat> when i was living in london and these two blonde twins they're very attractive and one of them was going out rio ferdinand Mm-hmm. And I just always remember this, like, because at the time we were living together and she was kind of seeing Rio Ferdinand and he came round in his fucking... Wow, really? Yeah, he came round in his, like, his fucking Hummer or whatever it was. So you met Rio Ferdinand? Um, yeah, I saw him, yeah. Okay. But anyway, she... Uh, basically, I was watching Take, uh, Take Me Out once and um, there was this girl and I thought, I kind of know that girl. Mm. And then it got, like, got down to him talking to her and it was like, one of these girls used to go out Rio Ferdinand. And I went, that's <laughs> Her. <laughs> um, and it was it was her um, yeah, yeah. Um, did she get someone I don't know if she did actually she's a bit mental mm. um, I've heard through someone else like a friend of a friend of a friend who went on and on the date no actually I the friend of a friend of a friend was the guy that was it and on the date the girl immediately said off camera just so you know I did this just for the holiday like, oh. why would you say that <laughs> Like, really? What a horrible person. I know. They're going to go through the whole, oh, you know, realistically, can you see each other again? And they're usually quite good about it. So that's like, why would you say that before the date? Why would you go through that? Poor guy. Yeah. That's not very nice. I don't like that it's all so one-sided. Like, it's, um, why is there not, like, guys? There must be one episode. There's, I think there's an episode where there's, like, just old people. Not, like, really old people, but, like, you know, older than 20, which is what they all are. I think I've seen that. But then it's also really shit when they get someone on 
who's like in their 50s and it's a load of 20 year old girls and it's like well this is probably not going to go very well because yeah. <laughs> I've seen this and I know what these girls are like so you know mm. but uh, yeah but it's a shame it's gone I mean what's Paddy going to do uh, now? why has it gone have you I think it's well, like, I think it's low viewing figures really yeah. pretty sure I mean I watch, watch it. it I watch it all the time yeah, yeah. we all watch it yeah but then we watch the reruns I think maybe. yeah yeah I'm very surprised about that yeah. I thought it was like one of the only things keeping the um, UK economy afloat <laughs> <laughs> was bad programmes with Paddy McGuinness. <laughs> or maybe they realised because of Brexit they can't really send them to Fernando's anymore. So it's like, well. So, right, it, Fernando's is actually Milton Keynes. Yes, I think. yes, exactly. <laughs> I think it's a shopping centre in Milton Keynes. <laughs> um, yeah. One thing I watched earlier was uh, Bergerac. Okay. which I've not seen for a very long time. And it was the first time I realised watching it. This is basically the British Miami Vice. Cool. Because he walks around all the time in a jacket with the sleeves rolled up and like a pastel blue shirt. And because it's Jersey, which is like as far south as you can possibly get and people still speak English in this part of the world, uh, there's occasionally a palm tree. And it's like, <laughs> well, yeah, that's what they're doing. They, I've, you know, I've, been, I've been to Jersey and there wasn't that many palm trees. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same little bit of beach they filmed in every there episode. There was basically just CDs that you could buy with no tax. <laughs> that's, all, that's, that's all Jersey was for me. My dad bought a, um, a digital camera and a new stereo and we smuggled it back in the car. Because he was like, well, digital camera, we could just say that we bought with us, but the stereo, we're fucked. <laughs> it's like, if anyone asks, we didn't take our stereo we on didn't holiday. Take it with us, <laughs> but yeah, no, he was, he was really like, you know, there's no tax, so we're just going to buy everything yeah. <laughs> we ever wanted. Yeah, I've never been to the Channel Islands. Uh, that might have been Guernsey, actually. But anyway, they're all the same. Yeah, they're all the same. They're all the same. Um, thanks for coming around, man. That's all right. Do you want to do some exercises in writing? Yes. Cool. Yes, I do. Let me play the jingle. <laughs> Exercises in writing. There's the jingle. Such, such a good jingle. <laughs> who who good are the Tinder sticks? I've heard of them. You've never heard of the Tinder sticks? No, I've heard of them. I made that joke and I thought you'd find it funny. No. And then, Oh, okay. <laughs> a good band, actually. I thought um, I, someone actually came in to record that. No, 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 no. no. It, was, really it was me with... It was me. <laughs> okay. Um, I just assume that you have musicians here all the time. No, no, not at all. Um, I just recorded that myself, and then I thought it was funny because I thought it sounded like the guy from the Tin Six, who's a very baritone oh, based. Right. So that okay. I could have said the National; yeah. they would have still been kind of funny. Yeah. But I, felt I would like, have, I would have got it if you said the National. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. I, um, I sort of felt like Tinder Sticks was kind of more of a. I don't know, it seemed like a better punchline. Yeah, it would make people think, oh yeah, the Tinder Sticks. I yeah, remember. exactly. They were a great band. Yeah. If anyone is listening and wants to listen to the Tinder Sticks, you Including should, the Tinder Sticks. Yeah, including yeah. the Tinder Sticks. They were fantastic. Um, so yeah, exercise in writing. Yeah. So I did my um, song about the hamster. Mm. Uh, and your challenge, Sean, was mm-hmm. to write a story about Martin Fowler. Martin Fowler. Have you managed to do that? I have, I have written a story about Martin Fowler. Fucking hell. Yeah. Okay. I've somehow managed to do it. For the, probably the first time I've written in maybe a year, and it's about someone I barely know anything about. Uh, I, had to, I had to Wikipedia him and have a very brief glance at him. Okay. Yeah. Would you want to read it? Or? Shall I read it? Yeah, please do. Yeah. It's Sean's story about uh, Martin <laughs> Fowler. I'll just play the exercise and writing jingle one more time. <laughs> 
exercises in writing. The young man came back to the outside table and placed a steaming polystyrene tea in front of his father, who didn't even grunt. The father's eyes followed, each barrelling lorry crunched through the new gravel over the bypass leading north to Leeds. The sky pulsed dull cotton wool whites through a stony Yorkshire net that would never be drawn in. How's that for service? She chucked in a couple of Twixes because I said we were road crew. The young man watched his father's darting pupils and waited for anything. A softening crease, a narrowed glare, anything that might suggest the first words of the journey. Tabitha said there's showers coming later, so we shouldn't hang about in. You told the girl we worked on the road crew, cut in the father. Yeah, Dad, for the Twixes and the crack, Jesus. The last was whispered as the young man reached around his inside pocket for some B&H, wondering why the fuck he ever bothered in all honesty. She's trying to make a living, you shouldn't nick off people like that. The father glanced at the near-empty packet on the damp plastic table, a black-suited family looking back at him through staged tears at their imitation father's grave. Kill you, they will, son. With any luck, the young man muttered through a cloud of cheap smoke. The father gave up on the lorries and turned his gaze to his own younger self, hunched over the wet plastic and crossing his forearms against the cold. The young man had more of his mother's hair and face than either at the table ever cared to admit. Sometimes this alone made the father wonder why, in all honesty, the fuck he ever bothered bringing his son alone for these trips to Leeds and back, though he knew there was a silly thing in that every time. He gave a tiny smile and made sure his son wouldn't notice. What else does Tabitha say? She says you're three grouches away from a heart attack, so you should give it a rest. The old man failed to hide a chuckle, but his son was watching lorries now anyway. Too smart for you, that one. She'll be taking you away from me next. What, and miss out on all this sterling conversation he got stalled up for Christmas? The young man watched the hanging number plate of a battered Land Rover slip and spark its way up the black top a good half mile before he realised his father was staring at his eyes. He swallowed. She, she asks how you are, right? Nothing but the whoosh of lorries as the young man avoided his father's unblinking gaze. A hand reached across and took a twix. You look after her, son, and she'll look after you. Birds always do. Well, aren't you lucky? What, didn't mum look after you, dad? She looks after everyone, son, and don't you forget it. The young man stubbed his cigarette out and looked for a wristwatch he never put on that morning. Look, I can drive if you want to drink that. Teddy said three at the latest. Teddy will wait as long as I want him to. He needs to lose that car today, and I'm the only one who put an offer in. That's another thing, Tabby says. Stop buying stolen cars. Well, she can give me that one back at Christmas, if she feels so strongly. The young man looked up at his staring father and laughed. She always asks when she'll meet mum, and I say soon. The father looked over to the canteen and the girl on her phone. She'll never come up here, son. Not while I'm here. That's why we're going down there, Dad. The father tensed up. You what? In a few weeks. Just to say, stay for a bit? See the old place? She put you up to it? What, mum? What if she did? The father downed his entire tea in one gulp and crushed the cup. I brought you up here so you'd forget that fucking place ever existed. In his head, the young man ran through long-rehearsed rebuttals that had kept him awake most of the past week as his girlfriend slept uncaring next to him after putting the idea in his head in the first place. He chipped away most of the frivolous decoration till he knew he was talking to his father in his head, cold and plain, no script. But now he didn't look at the cornice light fitting in the gloom. He looked at a man with lines so deep one could take his face apart like a cracked shell, leaving those eyes that melted anything they fell across, sad and angry, unblinking. The young man saw nothing that made him want to fight and he swallowed his words and Tabitha's and thought them anew, next to the gravel and the lorries. Dad, you know we're having a kid someday. This is what normal people do. 
Normal people don't come from that place anymore. I know, and I'm glad you left. I'm glad, really. And yet you're still going back? The father rubbed his legs like he waited for a job interview and slowly got up. Can't stand the smell of diesel. Dad! The young man reached across but missed his father's sleeve. The father waved absently at the uncaring teenager in her folding office and trudged back to the Mondale on the slipway. Dad! She's expecting now! The father slowed and then stopped, looking at the swooping metal hulks in the grey air. His son held back behind him at the table. The father seemed to collapse into a point in the middle of his chest and his head bent down. That's what I mean by someday, the young man said awkwardly, like someone else was writing his words. He looked behind him and the apron teenager watched them both, arms on the counter. He felt weird and looked away at anything. He and Tabby hadn't rehearsed this. The father turned around, his head still down, and began walking back through the tracked mud. He stopped in front of his son and now and again sent his eyes up to look at him. He had an expression his son didn't recognise and didn't want to get to know. Something between amusement and grief, and those things too. Well, thanks for your support, Dad, was all those writers had for him. The father bit the inside of his lip and chewed, ran a hand through his once raven hair, now as grey as the sky. Now the son realised what that expression was. The old man finally leaned in and spoke to his son's shoulder. Never tell them what I did to your mum's ex. Don't let him talk to anyone my age if he goes back there, or if you stay. And please, he put both hands on his son's arms and looked at the girl watching from the plastic tables. For the love of Christ, don't call him Martin. You can give me that. He smiled at the girl through the diesel-soaked rain that had come in earlier than Tappy predicted. Fuck it out. <laughs> Jesus. Um, <clears throat> that is why you're one of my favourite writers. That is beautiful. <laughs> Shit. So that's Martin Fowler that, as an old man. That puts um, Artie's song into perspective. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that was really beautiful. I love the bit looking at his uh, wristwatch that he didn't actually put on. Mm. That's really lovely. Fuck. I don't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> you've taken this really seriously. <laughs> I wrote a jokey song about a hamster and you've taken this really seriously. Was that jokey? I thought that was... Uh, well, uh, there was some bits in it maybe. But like, yeah, but like, fuck, man. That's really, really... That's really good. It's really good, Sean. It's really, really, really good. So yeah, I I found um, a complete list of all the songs that the Fool ever recorded, and if you go through it, there are some brilliant, brilliant song titles. Some of which you'll obviously know, you know, um, but when you just read them, just you know, as they are written, they are very funny. So I thought we could just. Both look at this list and read a few out. <laughs> Noel's chemical effluence. <laughs> there was just so many. Hey, ones. fascist. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's hey Luciani and hey student. Venice with the girls. <laughs> That's a George Ezra song. <laughs> it must be. <laughs> I think it might be actually. Um, who makes the Nazis? <laughs> The way you're doing it now is like the rundown in Top of the Pops in the oh, 80s. Oh, can you imagine that? What's that song that plays? Like, da, da, da. No, shit. That's what we should do, right? We'll put on, <laughs> we'll put on some um, Top of the Pops, classic Top of the Pops 70s music. Yes. I'll, I'm going to put it on in post, but we're going to put it on now. 
And Sean and I are just going to run down some titles of full songs that we found. <laughs> songs by The Fall. New entry at number two, it's Don't Take the Pizza. <laughs> Swinging in at 15, Bananarama, Recipe for Fascism. <laughs> I like that you're doing other bands. I should have done that as well, sorry. Climbing up at, to number three, it's Bill is Dead. <laughs> Coming in at 14, it's Fergal Sharky with Distilled Mug Art. <laughs> <laughs> That's Shawaddy Waddy with Pumpkin Soup and Mashed Potato. <laughs> <laughs> Down seven to number eight, it's Pre-MDMA MDMA Years. I can't even say that, that's too funny. Pre-MDMA Years. <laughs> Next up, it's Simple Minds with Last Commands of Xylothep with Mez. <laughs> In at number 12, I'm going to Spain. <laughs> <laughs> WMC Blob 59. <laughs> In at 6, it's level 42 with... My. Where's the fucking taxi cunt? <laughs> That's my favourite one. Where's the fucking taxi cunt? <laughs> a town called Crappy. <laughs> that's yeah, good. That's good. We should I keep enjoyed that. Keep at that. We should keep it. Well, yeah. I mean, there's only so many full songs. And there really be, are. Yeah. So many. You know, there's not going to be any more. Mm. So um, that's the end of that game. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry about that. Mm. <laughs> Shit. In my headphones, it sounds like fucking the, the Smurfs. It's not like it's not ridiculous. It's supposed to be it's quite infectious, you know. Have you seen that Jonah Hill film that he made? Oh, mid nineties. Mid nineties, yeah. Uh, yes, I have. Is it good? Oh, I was stoned and drunk. <laughs> <laughs> um, I remember it being quite good. Yeah, but I was a little bit worse for wear at the time. Yeah, yeah. Because um, he's a guy who, likewise, kind of spent ten years being the fat guy who says boner a lot, and then just he's good. Well, I don't know. I've seen interviews with him since he's made that film, and he just seems to have had an epiphany where he's like, I don't have to do that anymore because yeah. I really like hip hop and these things, and I like making films. So I'm just going to do that now. I remember people saying it was really good. I, I think, I think the cool. reason why I watched it is because Mark Kermode said it was. Mm. Mark Curry apparently it's a good film said yeah. it was really really good yeah. and I heard that so he got uh, there's a Morrissey song in it and he had to like ask Morrissey for permission yeah and Morrissey was like yeah it's fine are you a Nazi? because I'm a Nazi <laughs> <laughs> don't even Muslims <laughs> yeah yeah it's fine do you like Nigel Farage? because <laughs> um, I do <laughs> he's alright isn't he? <laughs> um, there's a really great song by the way um, change the subject slightly there's a guy called Christian Lee Hudson my pick for the best new record out a guy called Christian Lee Hudson and um, Hudson actually um, and he's got a song called uh, oh fuck what's it called shit I can't remember anyway there's a great song of his um, where he says the line um, it's about him being young and stuff, and he says, and he's talking about him and this girl being young. And he says, amateur psychologist, 
Morrissey apologists, which I think is <laughs> such good. a nice day. It's like That's Morrissey good. apologists. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I'm a Morrissey apologist. <laughs> yeah, I like that. What's your Morrissey apology? Well, just that, you know, I like Morrissey. <laughs> like, I do... I that do. term doesn't really work, by the way, apologist. I've always had a problem with that, because you're not apologising. You're you're saying that it's fine. Apologising on his behalf. We're not saying that it's fine, but, you know, you're kind of... But, yeah, but, but then if he was apologising, he'd be admitting that he's wrong. I've always, mm. I don't know, I've always had a problem with that term. Anyway, so what was no, your... No, I, I do see what you're saying, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think you talked to me before about this, actually. Have you seen... Uh, this is connected, but have you seen the film, the biopic, uh, no. Morrissey, uh, things like England is mine yeah, or something like that? Yeah, I've not seen quite it. good actually. I quite enjoyed okay. it. The kid, the kiddie in it. Yeah. It's yeah. great. Um, it's him pre Smith's, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. yeah it, it stops when he, when meets he meets Johnny Marr yeah. basically. Mm. Oh, when he sort of gets together with Johnny Marr. Mm. Um, yeah. I mean, how incredible a writer is that guy? Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. those songs are, yeah insane they are insane um some of the most beautiful mm. language put together like yeah yeah it's honestly like mm. cha- a... changed my life yeah yeah um and the the only thing i can think is that basically it, it appeals to him to be outspoken and yeah. to be a bit of a cunt yeah and so that's why he does what he does okay because i don't Either that, or and I said this to you before. I think either that, or I think he does have issues. Yeah. As in, I think there's some mental health issues there yeah. that make him think this is what I should say now. Right. Yeah. And I actually, I actually think he's got some problems. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think he's probably always, always had some problems. Yeah. And um, but it's coupled with the fact that he likes the shock and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, which he always has done. So I think he has no issue in saying, what I'm trying to say is I think he has absolutely no issue in saying something completely shocking mm. to just piss off yeah, yeah. every single person that's ever liked him. Yeah. And I think that's why he does it. Okay. And I think that's to do with his mental health. I right. think. Okay. That's, that's, that's how I justify it in my yeah, head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, neither of us know Morrissey. So he could just be a right-wing cunt. Could be. Could be. <laughs> Um, yeah. But then it's so contradictory to like a lot of things he used to say. Yeah. That's what's weird about it. Yeah, that's the weird thing. He never, like, he was always pompous. Yes. But he was never. Yeah, he was never punching. He, <laughs> yeah. he, he was never punching down. Exactly. Yes. yes. Exactly. Which is kind yeah. of out of character for him. He was always kind of punching across. He was yes. always like, look at you and I. Yeah. yeah We're yeah. like this. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't this terrible? Yeah. Hated the royals yeah, always, yeah. And obviously. Always had a problem yeah. with that and always had a problem with me ears, yeah. But so those were the people he was punching down towards, I suppose. Yeah. Always had a thing about Oliver Cromwell and all that stuff. Yeah. But um, it, it, now it's like, well, I live in my little, I live yeah. in LA. Yeah. <laughs> Come and get me. <laughs> yeah, I live in LA. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Brexit's good. Yeah. Because <laughs> I live in LA. <laughs> <laughs> Have you read his uh, autobiography? No. It's one of the funniest books I've ever read. Like, really. I was going to get the audio book so, that was... So do you good. know who the audio book was read by? Stephen Fry. David Morrissey. It was Morrissey reading Morrissey. Oh, I see. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, oh, I, I, never, I never actually read it. Was it good? It's very good. He, um, he hates everyone. Mm. Apart from his family, he hates literally everybody. And most of the book is him settling scores with people who... 
probably have forgotten that they ever even met him. And yet he would be like, yeah, I bumped into you in this party 25 years ago. You're a cunt. Do you know what that sounds like? like? That just that's sounds so like, funny. That literally sounds like the Alan Partridge book. It is. It is kind of Alan partridge <laughs> yeah, And that's why going, I love it. He's going, I bumped into you at a party <laughs> In 1972, and you ignored me. It's literally like that. <laughs> and now but, you're in my but, book. But to literally hundreds and hundreds of people who I have to like look up most of them because it's like how how do you remember this? It's like some, it's like it's a, you know it'll be someone who was in a band that weren't even famous in Manchester, and you still think that they're arrogant. You're still holding a grudge. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, like yeah. it's in, but I don't know. Oh man, that's gonna be me. No, it's so no, going to be mental. It's so going to be me. But like, um, but he is—he's a very good writer as well. Like, he inspired oh, me a lot when I was yeah. uh, when I was like, when I was eighteen and I went to uni. That was what I listened to a lot of Smiths, and that I wrote quite a lot then as well because a lot of what he sang about was just being unashamed about loving books, yeah, and using them to sort of inspire your art. And yeah, I love that. Kate Bush is like that as well. She just doesn't care about the fact that she's a massive book nerd and it's do you like, have a favorite morrissey lyric i do off the top of your head um uh what was it i decree today that life is simply taking and not giving england is mine and it owes me a living that's, that's fucking brilliant like, mine's a silly one <laughs> i always like the silly ones i always like the ones that don't really mean anything but they mm. kind of mean something to me i always liked um now i know how Joan of Arc felt yes. as the flames rose to a Roman nose and her hearing aid started to melt. Yes. <laughs> but that is and then, then And then I think later on he says, and her Walkman started to melt, which yeah. are quite, it's like another little nice turn on it. Yeah. Exercises in writing. Your story you need to write mm. needs to be about meeting Lindsay Lohan on Tinder. Fantastic. Fantastic! I will. Challenge. I will do that. Yeah. I might make it like a Jilly Cooper, um, <laughs> <laughs> like a service station novel. Yes. Yeah. Yes. A romantic service station novel on a carousel. <laughs> yeah. Whenever I imagine Jilly Cooper, I just imagine whatever semi-erotic stuff is happening in the room and then there's kind of like short old woman in the corner reading from yeah. the book. But it's always on a pirate ship. <laughs> They're always the on man a with bulging biceps walked into the room. He had not many clothes on. Is she American? I don't know. I don't know. She's definitely old. I took his long shaft. <laughs> They're always the word shaft, isn't there? <laughs> Because shaft is not technically a rude shaft. word. <laughs> it will say pole and shaft, pole and, and, shaft. and member. Yeah, <laughs> it's the yeah. other one. It's better than that. We'd have Jilly Cooper on here, wouldn't oh, we? Oh, definitely we would. Yeah. Jilly Cooper, if you're listening, mm. come on over. And tell us how you try to find other words than shaft and member. <laughs> Rod. Rod. <laughs> <laughs> Rupert Campbell Black is back. Um, in my new book, Mount... Any bad job interviews? I went it's always to, a good subject. Yeah, I went to a, uh, when I was in London, I went to a job interview, like, pretty much the other side of London from where I lived. So that took, like, an hour and a half or something on the tube. And then I had to walk, like, really far beyond the tube. I think it was, it was in um, East London somewhere. Hmm. And 
I, I was just going for anything because I was broke. Uh, but I was trying to get things that weren't obviously going to be soul-destroying. Like, as soon as you read it, it's soul-destroying. Like, I didn't go for them. But um, I went to this place, and uh, what was it they were selling? Um, I think it was solar panels, but they didn't say that in the job interview thing, in the, right. in the job application. Um, so I went, I, I can't remember what I thought it might be, but I think I knew it was something to do with solar panels, but I thought it was something to do with, um, I don't know, writing or something. And I just, uh, I'll do that. It was the fact that it took me like two hours to get there. By the time I got there, it was like, this can't be that good for it to be worth that commute. Um, and I went in, I, had, I think I had to wait for quite a long time as well with these other like four or five people. And then a guy came out who was basically Danny Dyer. And just sort of say, all right, guys, go in, let's do it. And then it wasn't even like a single job interview. We all just had to sit down on a big sofa. And this guy just talks about how to sell solar panels over the phone. <laughs> and, in, and, in, and then he sort of like pitched and we tried to, and then it was like, you know, each of you do that basically. And then, and there was another guy there who did that with us. And while he did that, the Danny Dyer guy was blatantly looking at porn on his phone. And um, and then I and then I was like, then I was at the point where I was just like, if I go now, I can probably like find a pub or something. And then so I was just kind of like, I didn't I didn't realize it was like selling solar panels. And immediately the the porn on the phone guy looked and was like, no, no, it's not selling solar panels, mate. It's not. It's and he said something which I can't remember what it was, but it was like. A, a, an office buzzword sun unit yeah yeah it's it's uh it's it's um sun, i don't know sun gathering yeah it's it's, energy it's purposing receptacles. businesses with sun receptacle and i was just yeah. like mate fuck off <laughs> i'm going home. <laughs> i had a lot of interviews like that but that was probably the worst wow because it was just so i mean that guy was did you get like, offered that job no, or no. Okay. I, and to be honest if they had i would have said no yeah yeah i did go on quite a funny job interview once um in a advertising agency that did all the stuff for um nuts magazine oh yeah and there was a, a they sh- he showed me into a room <laughs> where there was a guy sat watching a tv screen that was just literally a woman shaking her breasts <laughs> and shaking her bottom right and do you have a clipboard and he went he went like oh this is keith this is the edit suite this is keith and keith kind of looked at me and just go no and i remember we left the room with keith and he went that man's life is tna (laughs) and i went oh wow and he went no he's really depressed <laughs> he doesn't want to do it anymore he's like he's like a porn star who didn't even get shagged exactly i mean bear in mind this guy just has to look at images of women in bikinis all day how the fuck do you get a job like that yeah that was literally his life and he was uh, like you can imagine what keith might have looked like he looked exactly how you're imagining <laughs> Just like a broken man. <laughs> um, oh, man. Yeah, that was funny. That was also the same job interview that was my first ever job interview at a proper design agency. <clears throat> and I wore a suit. Mm. And I walked in in my suit five minutes early. Yeah. And about 10 minutes, 15 minutes later, <laughs> out came the guy who was meeting me in ripped jeans and a motorhead t-shirt and he walked up to me and went god i feel really underdressed (laughs) and then we um walked through the whole company 
and there's me in my suit and we're just walking through the whole thing and there's like literally people in fucking like literally their fucking dressing gowns <laughs> <laughs> like literally it was like a typical design agency where like someone has nobody goes home someone has slept there yeah. you know and like someone's playing ping pong in the fucking corner and i just walk through and they all just stop and think is that the accountant? <laughs> is that? Is he the guy that's going to shut this place down? Is the guy that's the health inspector? <laughs> I didn't get the job. No. I was not offered the job. No. No, fortunately. I, I don't get this whole thing. It seems to have come from America where it's like, um, it's, it is a, uh, it's a really good thing to be a salesman. Like, I yeah. just don't understand that. I don't understand if it's for a reason. Like, if you've made something and you need to sell it, fair enough. But it's the thing of, like, they glorify it. And it's like you're, it's, you know, they, they almost treat it like you're a, you're a farmer or you've invented something. Yeah. And it's like, mate, you're, you're just good at talking. That's I love um, the Simpsons character. I think his name's Gil. He's the salesman. He's oh, really bad. Gil. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Gil's oh, got another one. <laughs> oh, Gil's not going to eat this week. <laughs> It's one of my favourite But then none characters. of them are like yeah, that. Yeah, they're, yeah. All, they're all the opposite. They're all like pretend they're fucking like on Dragon's Den. So, oh, I can't stand those people. Gil yeah. never hears the ring of the bell, does he? I like when, when, the, uh, when Marge works at that... Um, uh, she works for an estate agent. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. She's uh, like a realtor. She's a realtor, yeah, yeah. and Lionel Hutz runs it for some reason. Yeah, yeah. And then Gil works there, and then there's that Japanese woman, and all she says is, <laughs> was like, um, Jenny Five, number one on the west side. <laughs> That's all she says. <laughs> and then she says it like really loudly around Gil, and he flinches, and he's like, I'm scared of Jenny. <laughs> number one on the west side. <laughs> There are definitely millions of people like that. <laughs> I fucking love The Simpsons. Have I shown you ever shown you the Simpsons cover band? Uh, so it's like a group of people. They're in Brixton. They did a gig. At oh, the they, it's like a metal band, and they're Flanders or something. No, no. Oh no, not them. Um, this is a group of guys in Brixton. Uh, I hope I can find it because, and then if we put this out. I'm obviously going to put a link to them because it's yeah. like so. Basically, this group of guys in Brixton that I found. So they they've gigged this, yeah, yeah. But I only could I could only find a couple of videos of them just like rehearsing, and they're doing all the songs from The Simpsons. Oh, nice! But they're dressed okay. as The Simpsons, like the monorail. Yeah. yeah so yeah. they did uh, the one is um, oh, it's like it's the one about the truck. It's like Cordonero or something like that. Oh, like, Canyonero. Canyonero. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's it. Canyonero. Yeah. That's it. Um, I used to be able yeah. to recite that song. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. Brilliant song. And they do like um, See My Vest and... Um, oh, and they... Oh, the great one they do is... Lisa, it's your birthday. Yeah, 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 yeah. Happy birthday. Um, but they're like... They're really, really fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> and also, I totally want to go to that gig. <laughs> it's like... But I can't remember what they're called. So I'm going to have to try and find them. Most of those songs are quite short as well because it's got to yeah. fit into like a... 30 second joke basically Lisa it's your birthday there's a there's a lyric in that Canyonero song which is so good and I'm trying to find it now it's because it's a pretty good song uh where is it um top of the line and utility sports unexplained fires are a metaphor for the courts <laughs> it's fucking good <laughs> Canyonero <laughs> Happy birthday, Lisa! One was that actually Michael Jackson? Um, I was gonna just—I was actually gonna say that to you. 
um, whether you believe if it is or not. Um, well, I, apparently, I was, no one knows. I was convinced that it wasn't, but then I've heard that it might have been. Yeah, apparently, I think he, wrote, I think he did write it. Apparently, it's probably more likely. Um, officially, no, it's not. Right, but then they were like, "Well, who did it then?" It says here it was done by someone who sounded like him. Actually, no, that was the song, so I don't know if it was him. Well, there was a lot of like. I suppose you could do. No, it was him, but he wanted to keep it on the hush hush. Yeah, yeah. Like they pretended it was someone else, yeah. but it actually was him. It does sound Which a lot sounds like sounds like it. kind of like the sort of thing he might have done. Yeah. For like a laugh. Yeah. Kind of thing, because he's all. I'm Peter Pan. I want to yeah, be a cartoon. Yeah. They want to be a cartoon. Oh, there's a there's a song with Sting in it. I forgot about that. We're sending our love down the well. Do you remember <laughs> that? You like, yeah. down the well, and it's like Sting singing with Krusty. <laughs> sending our love. Oh, fucking Sting. Down. Whenever me and my walking buddies go on trips, we because we just chat shit the whole time. We've got all our sort of in jokes, and Sting is quite a big fixture in all of that. <laughs> And whenever we do an impression, it's just like, why are you man? Fucking sting. <laughs> like, that's what he sounds like. It's fucking sting, man. <laughs> why I patted sting here. Yeah, that's it. And you do the lyrics, but in Geordie accent. You're not a double daddy dad A do, do, do. Di da, da, da. Why I? Don't stand so close to me, pet. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> Should go to the pub. Yes, let's go to the pub. <laughs>